if people knew that your family, nobody ever went to college, they might not accept you now as you have gotten a degree. But God is saying, I know you as you are Jacob, and I know you as you are Israel. Praise the Lord. God is not shocked at all by your past. God is not bothered at all at your smallness because your smallness is a testimony that keeps you humble in your greatness. Israel remains humble because they don't forget when they were Jacob. And so don't be ashamed of where you used to be. Don't be ashamed of how far God has brought you. Because it allows you not to forget him when you're in the palace. God tells David, I am the one who lifted you up from when you were a shepherd. When you were small in your eye, I'm the one who lifted you. So do not think that now you are so great that you forget that I am still the Lord. Hallelujah. So, those of you who walked to school, those of you who walked barefoot, those of you that have gone hungry, those of you that nobody has a degree in your house, that is okay. That is okay because that is what you used to be. And now where you are, do not forget that God who was with you. He says, I am the Lord who knows you when you are Jacob and who knows you now that you are a mighty nation. Hallelujah. I am the Lord who knows you when you prayed for food. And I am the Lord who is with you when you are the one giving out food. I am the Lord who was with you when you are looking for a job. And I am the Lord who is with you when you are looking for employees. I am the Lord who knows you. Hallelujah. I'm the one who formed you, who created you, and who formed you. Who created you, and who formed you. And not only that, I have also redeemed you. I have brought you back. I have redeemed you, and I have called you by your name. You are mine. Amen. You say that to my son. My wife says that to my husband. My daughter says that to my dad. They all claim me. But there is a place where they will not go with me. When I am buried, they will be left on this side and then they will go have dinner in the evening. And then they will start looking for life insurance and all of those things. Because I'm gone. But there is one who says, you are mine. You are mine. You are mine three times. I created you. I formed you. What he's saying is I created you physically and I formed you. I gave you an identity and I have redeemed you out of the world. You are mine three times. Praise the Lord. I am my wife's twice. I am hers as a husband and I'm hers as a friend. But for God, he created me when I was not known even by my mother. 
then he found me and gave me a name. And then when I was in the world in sin, he brought me back. I am his, I am his, I am his three times. You are mine. Praise the Lord. Amen. And sometimes when we are praying, we are praying as if we are convincing God to love us and to consider us. You are mine. You are my precious possession. If I did not care about you, I would not have gone to redeem you. If I did not know you, I would not have owned you. You are mine. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I have called you by your name. My brother and my sister, there is one who has loved you. There is one who created you. There is one who thinks of you. And when everything is wrapped up, you will still be his. It seems as if we are here and God is all the way up there. And it's important for you to establish who and whose you are. To establish your identity and to establish your family. That he is saying, you are mine. In your best days, you are mine. In your worst days, you are mine. When you are the strongest, you are mine. When you are the weakest, you are mine. You are mine. The book of Songs of Solomon says that I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. That I belong to him and he belongs to me. That weakness in our heart is a very powerful thing because you begin to walk as someone who has a father. You begin to walk around as someone who is not an orphan. You are mine. Then he says, oh, thank you, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. That the God the universe, the God of all the universe, he had made galaxies and planets and stars beyond count. He called them each by name and they answered. He had millions upon millions of angels. He looks at you and he says, you are mine. You are mine. When you sleep, you are mine. When you wake up, you are mine. On Sunday, you are mine. On Wednesday, People are now obsessed about the grandchildren of Joe Biden. The same way they were obsessed with the kids of Donald Trump or the kids of Bush or the kids of Obama. And when they point at you, you know Hillary Clinton used to do that when they are in the campaign. They will point at you. They will point like they know you, but that's, that's just something they have learned. But you find a lot of people, you point, you point, and you're thinking, she pointed at me. And you go home and you say, she pointed at me. She was pointing at the crowd. 
something they have learned. But there is one who calls you and says, you are mine. You are mine. And so I don't want anything you are going through to change that. I don't want anything you are facing now to affect that, that you are mine. And then he says in the next verse, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, not in, just because you are mine does not ex exclude you from waters. When you pass through the waters, it is on calendar. It is on schedule. It's coming. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I'm not there watching. I'm not there sending angels. He didn't say I will send an angel. I will be in the waters with you. I'll be the one checking the force. I'll be the one checking the pressure. I will make sure there is nothing you ever go through that I'm not in there with you. Say hallelujah. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. That should be enough. That should be enough, really. That when you go through the floods, when you can no longer afford rent, I will be there with you, not affording rent. When you have a headache, I will be there having a headache. When you feel lonely, I will be there feeling lonely. I will be with you. Brethren, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And when you go through the waters, my presence, myself, I will not send a word, I will not send an angel, I will not send a pastor, myself, I will be there with you. Hallelujah. I know you by name, you are mine. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. And he says, they shall not, on the, through the rivers, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you, because they cannot overflow me. Hallelujah. They shall not overflow you, because they cannot overflow me. They will not flood you, because they cannot flood me. When you pass through the waters, I will be there. David says in Psalm 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. And then he says, when you walk through the fire, once more, not if, when, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. So what is the fire for? Don't fear the fire. What is the fire for? If it is not to burn you or scorch you. Verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba in your place. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am Lord. And so then, what is the fire for? 
book of Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
fell down bound into the midst of the burning fire furnace. They fell down bound from their serpents all the way to their soul. And the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? I want you to note those words. Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, to O king, so let me say, how, how is it that I see four men loose? Praise the Lord. How is it that I see four men loose? Not only does the fire consume the enemies of the children of God, the fire of God also consumed whatever was binding them to get there in the first place. The fire consumed that which was binding them. There are habits that cannot survive the fire. There are things that are binding you that the fire helps to, uh, to burn and to sanctify. There are things that are purified by the fire. These things that are binding them, these sinful habits that are binding the people of God, some of these things will not follow until you go through the fire. Some doubts whether God can really provide, whether God can really keep you, whether God can really sustain you until you go through the fire, until they call you and tell you your boss and your employees, they both ahead and your uh, fellow employees, they both had COVID and you go pass through them. And you come out on the other side and they test and they find you had nothing. Then you realize, oh, there is nothing to fear. Oh, I can actually believe. God can actually protect me. The fears and the doubts that we have, they are dealt with. The things that bound us, they are dealt with in the fire that was supposed to kill us. There are people who are still afraid. There are people who are still scared. Because they have never been through the fire. Because they have not understood that this fire is supposed to remove things in your life. Some people are still afraid of death because they have never been sick enough to see death in the eye and they come on the other side and they say, now I can live. I'm no longer afraid of death. The death that was supposed to kill them actually set them free. Don't fear the fire. Don't be afraid of the fire. Remember he said, I will be there with you. I know the fire is necessary. You see, they, the, 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 the four guys, the three young men, they said, we know God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we're not going to bow down to idols. But they could not get it. They could not believe it. They could not accept it until they actually saw it. And so they had to have a death in their family to actually have a testimony of a death. I don't know if you're getting this. Some of you are so scared of losing your job until you lose your job and you go three months 
without a job and God still provides. Then you come on the other side and say, I'm not scared of any boss. Fire me, don't fire me. I know that God is able to sustain me. But you had to go through that fire so you can stop fearing men. So God can deliver you. The things that was by you did not even know that you are bound. You did not even know that doubts and fear were binding you. You did not know that you are bowing down to a man. You did not know how much you feared a man. Until they hated you and rejected you. Until they, they unfriended you and stopped picking up your calls. Until they blocked you on their phone. And you went through that and you came out on the other side and said, I just want God. I just want God. I will never again bow down to be loved by men. I will never live for the affirmation of men. I have been set free. Some of your rejection is a very tool, is a very fire that sets you free from depending on people affirming you. And once they have rejected you and there is nothing else they can do, then you are actually completely free. Don't fear the fire. Don't fear the fire. Number one, because you bear it. And he says, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. Amen? I see four men loose. We threw them down, we threw them bound, they are loose, and they are walking in the midst of the fire. Some of you are here, walking in the midst of the fire. The people who threw you, the people who did sorcery, the people who called the police on you, the people who did whatever, whatever else they called on you, they still see you walking around in the midst of the fire. Amen? Because they threw you there expecting you to die. And they called a meeting, and they are doing what they call on Facebook, watch party. It's a watch party to see your demise. They have been waiting for you to fail, but they see you walking in the midst of the fire. Not just that, when they look clearly, they see there's someone else walking with you. They see you are never alone. When they threw you, they threw you and you are God. There is someone who promised I will never leave you. When they rejected you, they rejected you and you are God. over you. 
the one who threw you will be calling you out very soon. Praise the Lord. The one who threw you will be calling out very soon. Because they realize they, you don't need them, they need you. Why was he calling them? Why was Nebuchadnezzar calling them? He realized he needed these guys who could survive a fire. Shadrach did not need uh, Nebuchadnezzar. The king needed these men. That the people who thought they were rejecting you, soon they will be asking for your help. Soon they will be calling you, come out and come here. Don't fear the fire. But when the time comes, when it's time to exit, it's okay to exit. Amen? When it's time to exit, it's time to exit. Don't carry grudges out of the fire. <laughs> the next verse says, Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego exited out of the fire. And when they came out from the midst of the fire, the satraps and ministers and governors, they gathered together and they said to these guys, they were smelling them, they were looking at their credit history, they were checking at their mortgage, they were looking at them to see how did they survive this? How did they survive 2020? How are they still smiling? And they saw that these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Hallelujah. The fire had no power. The hair on the head was not singed. No was their clothes, their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. When you come out of the fire, don't smell like the fire. Don't carry the stuff from the fire. Forgive them, all of them. Don't carry grudges and resentment out of the fire. Don't carry the smell from the fire. Don't fear the fire, but leave the fire behind. Don't say, you know these people, they thought they were going to throw me out. And you write down on your notebook and say, this is a year I will never forget. My family turned against me and I still came out. No, don't smell like the fire. Leave the smell of the fire. Leave 2020 alone. Don't smell like the fire. Leave it alone. Come out. There's a new mission. There's a new assignment. Don't carry the memories of the fire. Don't keep reminding people how they rejected you. One of the greatest, some people say the greatest, basketball players, John Tell Christian, in the world is Michael Jordan. When he was being honored in the Hall of Fame, he had a long list of, from his elementary teacher, high school teacher, all the people who did not choose him to be number one in his team. This is a 40, 50-year-old man. He came with a list of every person who ever said something wrong about him. He has been through the fire. He did not know the fire was for him. But the people rejected him, allowed him to excel. He came out of the fire and he came smelling like smoke. He got, what they call those things, from the fire, a coal, and he's putting it in his pocket. He is already retired. He has nothing to prove. And yet, 
Some of you may have watched the documentary Disney called The Last Dance. And there's a myth out there. And it says, uh, and I took it personal. I took it personal. He has already retired. He is still taking things personal. He cannot be happy because someone somewhere doubted him. Don't worry about the people who doubt you. Because your assignment is much, much bigger than the fire within. Don't look like you're struggling. Don't carry your struggles with you. Thank God for the fire. It broke off the enemy. It broke off what was binding you and he allowed you. The Bible says, and God was glorified because of the testimony of these men. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of us will be telling the king, stop, stop. Bring those people who are doubting us. We're going to show them. Bring all my haters. The idea of haters is not from God. Leave them alone. You are mine. And when I allow you to go through the fire, don't be giving testimonies about the fire. Be giving testimonies about the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't glorify the fire. Don't glorify the people who put you in the fire. Give glory to God. He says, and we want to glorify the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to deliver them. And all the nations shall trust in him. You don't have to carry coals in the fire. Drop them. Drop them. Your work is much bigger than carrying grudges and hate and flights and telling people, my family, why do you do this? No, no, my family, you see me here? My family, they were always against me. And you become an old sad man or an old sad woman because you will not let go of grudges. Let them go. They don't bite other people, they bite you. You are the one who's still smelling like smoke. Let it go. Amen? Let it go. Forgive them. Let it go. All the fires you are you went through, they were preparing you to know Jesus. And that's the last thing I want to say. Outside of fire, you don't get to know the personal physical Jesus. But when they got into the fire, Jesus was manifest. Jesus was manifest. He had never left them, but in the fire they knew who he really was. Most of our greatest testimonies, we give them and say, when I went through that, I knew God for myself. That is when I knew God for myself. Even for you, go to the other side. There is a manifestation of God that we would never know until we go through.